Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who was a 2009 college football All-American team selection, as well as one of the best fullback prospects in the 2010 NFL Draft. He was drafted in the fifth round in 2010 by the New York Jets. It is a pleasure to welcome one of the 54 men who played for both the Jets and Giants, the man known as the Terminator, John Connor, to 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing good, especially if we're a Jet fan. Giant fans, not so much. We'll, we'll get to that <laughs> a, a little further when we talk about your time with those two franchises. But let's talk about your, your career. Very similar to our hockey guest two weeks ago, Dan Girardi. You're a star at Lakota West High School in Westchester, Ohio, where as a two-year starter at running back, you rest for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns, averaging 6.3 yards per carry as a senior. Your name first team, All-Greater Miami Conference, honorable mention All-Southwest Ohio. However, you went unrecognized as a college prospect by the two major recruiting services, Rivals.com and Scout.com, and you were not offered an athletic scholarship anywhere. Were you surprised by that? Wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was, I was initially, but um, I, I actually I used that as motivation to get where I am or to get where I was. Um, it was one of those type of things that I, I, I just I couldn't figure out what what the what the issue was, and I felt like I had the good, the good tape out there. Um, I felt like I had the, the yardage and the you know just the, the film, and I, I couldn't understand why I didn't have a scholarship. You know, you did receive some recruiting attention from Kentucky, Tennessee, West Virginia, and Illinois, among others. What went into your decision to be a walk-on with the Kentucky Wildcats? Well, uh, Kentucky was a school. They had talked to me a little bit. Uh, they were in a position where they couldn't really offer me a scholarship at the time, but uh, they they're straight up with me. They said I had a chance to go in and earn a earn a scholarship and earn a starting position. Uh, and it was a situation where you know Lexington is. I, I grew up in the Cincinnati area, obviously. Uh, Lexington was a place that's far enough to get away from home, but also you know close enough to get back and also have you know family in Lexington and. Uh, yeah, I just I felt like that was the best fit for me after meeting the coaches there. Well, that choice obviously pays off. By your junior year, you get 11 starts in the 13 games. Prior to your senior season, you're named the best blocking back in the Southeastern Conference in the Birmingham News 2009 preseason edition, as well as earning All-American honors by Fo- Pro Football Weekly. How much confidence did those honors give you heading into the draft? It, it gave me confidence, but it was one of those things I knew all along. Uh, I didn't want to fill my head up too much with the positives or the negatives. I kind of wanted to stay in between that and just keep working hard and don't let that uh, uh, stop my work ethic to, to keep going for more. So what's your biggest takeaway from the Kentucky experience and the most important things you learned from Coach Brooks, Joker Phillips, and uh, running back coach, which is interesting. You know, you had a former NFL pro in Larry Brinson as your running back coach. What was your takeaway from those three coaches? Uh, I learned a lot from each one of them, something different from each one of them. Uh, Coach Brooks, we have very physical practices. We have very hard practices. And uh, he kind of he taught us about just being tough and mentally tough. Um, I learned a lot about offense through, uh, through Joker Phillips and Coach Brinson. Just with his experience in the NFL, it really helped me out in my career at Kentucky. You know, this, is, this always fascinates me. You, you participate in the 2010 NFL Combine. And I have to imagine that, 
you know, at a young age, that's extremely stressful because you're out there and, and really it's a tryout for everyone and you're trying to do your, your personal best. But it's not like game day. The stadium is not full. There's no crowd noise. So walk us through what goes through a college athlete's mind during those combines and how you get your adrenaline level up when it, you're, you're used to game day with all the hype and, and locker room and your team. How, how do you do that individually? I think the fact that it was so quiet at the combine, I think that's what made it so uh, nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, just that you just have a bunch of coaches in the stands just looking at you and, you know, evaluating your every move. Um, I mean, it's a test as well. Like, we had to wake up early, 5, 6 a.m., having interviews, breakfast, um, like weightlift, or, uh, the weightlifting part. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's an early test of just to, you know, get you ready for the, the life in the NFL. Hey, John, this is Ryan Sherman. Can you take us into some of the behind the scenes, like what goes on in those interviews? We've heard stories of some pretty wacky questionings happen. Did you have any experiences like that? Oh, yes. They, they, they will ask you anything and everything. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, 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 got, that part got uh, pretty interesting. What was the strangest question you were asked? Let's see here. Uh... Or can you share that with us? <laughs> <laughs> Tell them I probably shouldn't share, but I'm a, I'll see if I can take one that's that's radio friendly. Uh, <laughs> I think they, they asked me how many days a week do I drink? Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Whoa. Yeah. That, that's wild. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. You, They're trying they, to break they, it down, the psychology, right? The, they think anyone yeah. honestly is going to answer, like, yeah, every day. I mean, really, it's like. <laughs> it's a job well, interview, right? Really. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's a job interview. You can't lie, but at the same time, it's like, right. you want to you sell yourself. So, right. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to the weekend of April 22nd, 2010, the NFL Draft. What do you remember about the weekend and the moment you were selected by the New York Jets? Oh, man, it, it, it was just a great memory. I can remember all the little things just from the feeling on my phone vibrating on my leg. I had it out the entire time just uh, watching the draft board and uh, watching guys get picked and, you know, reaching their dreams. And I, I, I can remember to this day just, you know, the process and uh, just uh, – you know, hearing Rex, Rex Ryan's voice over the phone, and I, I can I can even go back to that day at any time and remember everything. So you mentioned Rex. Rex is your coach. Brian Schottenheimer is your offensive coordinator. Tony Lynn is a running backs coach. What was the major difference you saw in the college game in Kentucky and your first pro camp in New York? What was the thing that stood out to you like, whoa, this is a whole different world? I think just the, the, business, the business aspect of everything um, – in college, it's more of a, like a team, like camaraderie. It is an NFL, but at the same time, in the NFL, you're fighting for your job every week. And uh, you know, every day is an interview at practice. And, uh, you know, you have guys that are there one day and gone the next day. And, it's, and that's one thing I was like, man, this is a really cutthroat business. Uh, you just have to do your best every day and just bring your best. We're speaking to former New York Jet, New York Giant, John Connor, the Terminator. You become kind of a household name because of HBO's Hard Knocks, where week after week, Coach Rex Ryan would praise you on film. Uh, and that kind of took on a life of its own. What was that like for you, all of a sudden, you know, not just in New York, but it is HBO, it's every single NFL city knows you already. Uh, it, it, w- it was kind of crazy. Uh, it was kind of crazy just walking around the city and people would recognize you, especially being a fullback. I think I had one guy on, on the team one year. I can't remember who it was. He was like, man, you're probably the most famous fullback. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, but 
at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're living out your dream, and uh, I, I just enjoyed every second of it while I was there. Looking back at your career as a Jet, what is your fond- fondest memory of being a Jet? Uh, my fondest memory of being a Jet? Uh, probably just going to the playoffs my rookie year. Um, I, I just remember coming in as a rookie and just remember how long the, se- how long the season was. And uh, they talk about that rookie wall, and then, like, you hit that, and you just got to get that second win. But we actually ended up going deep into the playoffs all the way to the AFC Championship game. We ended up losing to Pittsburgh. But uh, <clears throat> just that whole playoff atmosphere was, was crazy. Uh, it's, you know, it's something different from a regular season game and then a playoff game. You mentioned that rookie wall, and you know there's really no way to prepare for it. It's different. The NFL is a different beast than the college game. Who on on the Jets kind of you know mentored you to to let you know that okay th- this is normal. Everyone goes through it, and and kind of got you through that you know that rookie wall you know por- portion of the season. Well, you had guys like T. Rich, uh, who's a guy that kind of pushed me every day in practice, but he was also an older veteran. You know, I could pick his brain, and uh, he was kind of, you know, giving me his experience with everything, also playing the same position and playing for like, 16 years. And then you had guys like LaDainian Thomason, who's a, you know, Hall of Famer and uh, just a guy that I looked up to growing up. And it, it was nice to have him there to, <clears throat> to like, talk me through everything as well. Those are pretty two good guys to, to look up to for sure. Um, right. 2012, you struggled with the MCL sprain and hamstring injury. You're released by the Jets October 17th. You get to play two games for your hometown team, the Bengals. Did that mean something to you as a lot of NFL players don't get the opportunity to, to play in their hometown? Yeah, it mean a lot. It was, it was nice to be close to, to my parents and family. If they could come out and watch me and uh, just the team I grew up watching growing up. And uh, just being able to be there. And uh, they, these are guys like a lot of them I trained with during the offseason because I would uh, come back home to my Cincinnati uh, home. And it was, it was just cool being able to be teammates with these guys and uh, play for your hometown team. You got the, you know, the kids you grew up with, they're, they're able to watch you more now because they're Bengals fans. And that, that, that whole thing was, it was pretty cool. So 2013, after working out with the other New York team, the Buffalo Bills, you end up signing a two-year contract with the New York Giants under coach Tom Coughlin. Well, both New York teams, you know, there's that perception that the Giants just do things differently than the Jets. What did you find as the most notable difference between the two franchises when you played with the Giants and the Jets? Well, you got a guy like Tom Coughlin, who's a very respectable coach, uh, won two Super Bowls. But you go there, it's a, it's a different type of atmosphere. You got, like, Rex Ryan, who's more of a player's coach. And you go to Tom Coughlin, who's, you know, their, their thing was, all the clocks were set back in the facility 10 minutes. So uh, if you had a meeting at 7, 7 o'clock p.m., that means you had a meeting at 6.50. So uh, you couldn't have your cell phones out. It, it was a very you know, military-like uh, environment. Um, but obviously it, it's worked with him in the past, so I, you know you got to respect that. I wonder if Geno Smith would still be late. <laughs> um, so you also got to be part of a Jets-Giants regular season game. You know, as fans, you know, it's different for us. It means something when we're playing the other team in the city. As a player, did that game have any added significance to you, or was it just another regular NFL regular season game for you? Well, it, it, I think it's an in-state rivalry. I, I, you know, you see these guys out in the city a lot, and uh, you're friends with them out there, but at the end of the day, we, we know we're, we're rivals, and when we come on that football field, we're not friends anymore. Uh, so I think that kind of heightened the, the, the mood a little bit. Uh, but you know, we, unfortunately, we 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 didn't win. 
win that game, and they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, I think just the, the whole rivalry and just being in the same city is, made it made it better. It's hard to believe that the quarterback on that giant team is a guy that you played with six years ago as he was yeah. in his 10th season that year, uh, still on the team today. What was it like to play with Eli Manning? Uh, Eli was a great guy. He's uh, very down-to-earth, uh, pretty funny. People don't, people don't think that, but he's actually a pretty funny guy. Um, it, it, was a, it was an honor to be able to play with him and uh, uh, just knowing that you know, he, he won those Super Bowls and uh, just his history, it was, it was an honor. You know, it's also interesting. You, you take a look at your role and the role of the fullback in the NFL, and it, it's kind of disappeared. Why? Why do you think that is? Uh, you know what? I, I I couldn't tell you that. I I just think uh, I I kind of came in right at the end of the right era. I, if I was drafted in the '90s, then you probably still see me out there. But um, honestly, I don't know. You know, you see a lot of teams are going to the spread type for offense. They want to throw the ball around. I think. Pretty soon, the running backs when they come to dying breed because all these teams want to pass the ball now, and you know they're, they're getting more fancy with their offense. You know, I'm, it, I'm more of that throwback, traditional fullback, and uh, a lot of teams, you know, they're, they're using that, that H back type deal and tight end, putting a tight end back there and uh, mm. changing it up a little bit. It's interesting because I, I, I kind of think hopefully these things are somewhat cyclical because you go back and you look back in the day, guys like Norm Bulash and, and you know Zonka, the, the fullback was such an integral part of wearing defenses down. Now I guess it's a speed game, and you're right. It, it's uh, you know everyone has to you know catch the ball. I, I miss the the you know the the ground and pound part of the game, but uh, it's interesting you mentioned that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, you mentioned cyclical, and I'm wondering if it's something that's going to come back because as the league, like you mentioned, wants to use more halfbacks, even putting tight ends back there, there's also a, a trend across the leagues that the halfbacks can't block the same way that these fullbacks were capable of, so blitz pickups are way different. Do you think that that's something that teams, out of necessity, are going to go back to, or are they just going to try to find better blocking schemes? Uh, you know what, I couldn't tell. I mean, that's one thing I prided myself on. I, I wanted to be able to, you know, to do it all. I wanted to be able to run, catch, and, and block. Uh, I think that's what's going to separate running backs now coming into the league if they can do all of those things and uh, not just carry the ball for 1,000 yards, but they can also pick up a blitz and uh, save a play. Uh, so hopefully they, they get back to that. Um, I, I, you know, I think a few teams are still using the fullback. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it's a dying breed, and uh, I, you know, I think it's just a different era now. So hopefully we can uh, – you know, a lot of times things reverse back, so that, that would be awesome if it did. When you watch today's game compare – and it, it seems almost ridiculous to say because it's not that long ago that you were in the game, but what do you notice the difference between when you played and the game today? Uh, I feel like there's a lot more uh, referee involvement. I, I think, you know, the rules have changed a little bit. Uh, you can't just go – knock somebody out now, <laughs> uh, like, like maybe, you know, how we could do a few years ago and even before me. Um, I, I think the rules have changed. I think uh, <clears throat> just play calling has changed. Uh, personnel has changed. Uh, it's, it's, it's a few, few things that have changed. You know, do you think if you were coming out of college now, what, do you, what position do you think you would be in today's mm-hmm. NFL? That, that's a really good question. That's one thing that I've thought about. It's like, wow, what if you know, I was blessed to, you know, come out and you know, be, be able to be used. But uh, I'm like, man, I, I think about, like, if I were to come out now, like, how would the NFL use me? Um, and I would hope that I could still, you know, maybe be a short short yardage back or a full, 
uh, fullback and short yardage and you know, get that first down on third or third and short or fourth and short. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's, it's do, an interesting question. Do you think that the team's getting away from? using specialized, you know, packages of having someone that'll ram the ball right up the middle. Those kind of like the, the Giants had the three-headed monster a, a few years ago during the Super Bowl run of having those specialized things. And now teams are using three down backs like that's the new trend and everything, you know, everyone wants to copy each other. So do you think that doing that is actually leading to more injuries and maybe less effectiveness? I, I mean, I'm biased. I guess I'd like to say yes. Um, I'm still a big fan of the big back and uh, just the physical uh, north and south kind of guy. Uh, I think there's a place for, you know, the scat backs and, you know, the, the quick guys. But I do think, uh, you know, you're in those trenches. I think you need a you know, tough physical running back. He doesn't have to be the biggest guy, but it's a guy that's going to go in there lower his shoulder and uh, fight for extra yardage. So you played for both New York franchises. Which do you identify with more, the, the Jets or, or the Giants? Oh man, that's a tough question. Uh, their their mindset were, were very similar, a different environment. But I, I think uh, both teams wanted to ground and pound the ball. Uh, when I was with the Jets, obviously we had Sean Green, Ladanian Thompson, Bilal Powell, uh, uh, just to name a few. And then you know with the Giants, we had uh, Brandon Jacobs, uh, Peyton Hillis, uh, uh, David David. Uh, Wilson, David Wilson. Yeah, Dave, right. David Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Wilson. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think the emphasis was the ground and pound uh, type type uh, type offense. So one of the it's themes. Different coaches. One of the themes today in today's game is both offensive lines were really yeah. struggling due to the injuries. So what I want to ask you is more specifically in a game when that happens. How much of a difference is it to have that backup come in, and is it really that much of a, a confidence, you know, shock to everyone around saying, "Ooh, well, we just lost our guy on the left tackle," of, of replacing linemen in the middle of a game? Uh, can, you, can, you, can you ask me that again? I'm sorry. I, I'm, so one of the one of the things that happened in today's Giants game is that the the line was was bereft by uh, injuries, and they're replacing okay. guys in the middle of the game. What happens on an NFL sideline when an uh, offensive lineman goes down and you're now replacing him with a guy who might not be, you know, as acquitted with the uh, scheme? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you re replace a guy mid-game, then you got a guy going in there really cold. And I think it takes a while to get adjusted to the game speed. You can't just go in there and, you know, you got these, these defensive ends and tackles. They're, they're running like four fives and four fours now, and they're big. And, they're, you know, they're physical. They're coming off that ball fast, and I think it's kind of hard to – have a, ask a guy to go in there and uh, contribute right away. I, I mean, there are guys that can do it. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's a that's a tough that's a tough job to to take over. So now you played for both the Jets when they were competitive and the Giants when they were competitive. Right now, you take a look at these two teams and, and they're in disarray. Um, I don't know if you got to see the game today and, and how much you get to see of these two franchises. Uh, the, the little that you have seen of them, what do you think that their issues are? What, what do you think needs to be corrected in order them to get back to being competitive football teams? Um, I think it's a situation where you just got to you know, look, at, look, at uh, look at your depth chart and, and see uh, what, what guys are doing on the field, watching film, and uh, just trying to make the best corrections as possible. Obviously, these guys, you know, they're in the NFL for a reason. I, I think, I think all teams can turn it around. They just figure out what the what the root of everything is. And I mean, I would even look at what you're doing in practice. How are you guys preparing for the game? How are you guys watching film? Um, <clears throat> you know what? You know what guys are stepping up as leaders, uh, leading by example or vocally. 
I think, I think, yeah, you just got to look internally and, you know, look at yourself. Having played here, um, you know, it's different. At least, you know, we as the media think it's different. But both of these teams have very young quarterbacks. What does that add to the mix when you have two very young quarterbacks trying to establish them in the league when they're playing under the microscope in New York? Uh, it's tough. It's, it, you know, when you come to New York, the, the fan base is, it can be very intimidating at times. Uh, I recommend guys stay off of Twitter, stay off of social media, like Instagram and all that stuff, because you know, people can be very harsh. I think it's one of those things where you just have to you know, just remember what got you there and uh, you know, lean on the veteran, the veteran leadership. I think that's what needs to essentially come through and you know, help these young quarterbacks and uh, just make them feel at home, make them feel comfortable. I think I think confidence is key. When a, when a guy's playing with confidence, like, there's no way you can stop him. You know, I can't help but think, as I hear you speak, you, you sound like someone that should be a coach in the league. And maybe not so much for position, but just, you know, there's so much that comes with being an NFL pro that so many guys, you know, blow it just by not being attuned to what it takes to be a pro. Is that something that you'd like to get into in your career now? Uh, it's, it's definitely something to look at. Uh, just to keep me around the game, uh, I try. My, I'm, I, I do a performance training now, so I train a lot of athletes and uh, guys getting ready, you know, to play. Uh, but I think coaching. I mean, it could be something good. What are some of the things that you have to work on with these guys that you know, performance-wise now, especially like you said, these guys are bigger, faster, stronger, which is almost amazing to say because it's not that long ago that you were playing, but they are bigger and faster. What are some of the, the things that you have to train these guys to be able to do now that may not have been part of the game when you were with the Jets or the Giants? Uh, speed and agility and strength training, uh, that, I mean, that's my thing. I, I think uh, you've got to uh, just emphasize the, the, the power and the, you know, the, <clears throat> the explosion that, that you're going to need to play at the next level. Uh, the game speed is even up a notch, like even a guy like myself, I played in the SEC, which is a pretty competitive conference, but at the same time, even going to the NFL, the game speed was even up a notch. So I think just playing fast and, uh, you know, with my drills, like I, I make sure they're going 100%. They're going 100%. They'll get a full recovery, but uh, make sure they're, they're going 100% in their drills so that way they can get, they'll get used to uh, playing fast and got to carry over to the field. John, thanks so much for your time tonight. Where's the best way for people to catch up with you via social media and, and check out everything you're up to these days? Okay, so, so my, my Twitter and my uh, Instagram account are jconnor38. Uh, so that's, that's probably the best way to uh, reach out to me. My uh, training facility is Unbreakable Lifestyle. Very cool. You know, and, and what's also cool about your nickname is that that franchise keeps on pumping out movies and, and it's back again, it, you know, <laughs> He's back, so the the nickname will, will never go away, the Terminator. Thanks so much, John. We really appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me. No problem. You got the Terminator, John Connor.